Hello, one and all. Welcome to the A to the K Wrestling Show and welcome to Get the F Out, a segment where we talk about our biggest wrestling pet peeves and make our case for why they need to be eradicated from the world of professional wrestling. We are joined today by three wonderful guests. First, we've got Katrina, aka In Cat We Trust, from the Kick and Bat with Cat podcast and host of Women's Wrestling Talk. Cat, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you for having me. I am awesome. It's been a hectic two weeks, but I'm happy to be here. Awesome. <laughs> no, thank you for being here. Um, we're also joined by Shay, host of Unpopular Review, Women's Wrestling Talk, and the Big Pop Theory. Shay, how are you doing? My, that's literally my thing. It's almost like I'm a part of who I am. I have to be muted. Um, yeah, um, I'm, <laughs> no, no problem. Okay. Um, you know, I'm just excited, you know, to finally be here with you guys. Uh, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> we're good and we're excited to have you on finally thank you um and rounding out our guests of course we've got steve from scw the wrestling channel steve how's it going man you okay yeah really well thank you thank you for having me um i feel like i don't do a lot compared to the ladies you brought on it's like reeling off all the different shows <laughs> and all the different hard work they do just steve from scw here but uh, no it's great to be a part of this and uh what a great panel as well it's good to be a part of this absolutely yeah, cool. <laughs> um so i think as carl mentioned briefly we just thought we'd uh before we get into the the actual show we'd sort we'd sort of go around and, and talk about um if we could get to know you all a little bit and and sort of i suppose the main question is uh sort of what what got you into wrestling so um i think i'll follow the same pattern as carl um Kat, if i could ask um what what sort of how did you get into wrestling uh i used to watch wrestling with my grandma actually uh and i'm a twin so i have a twin brother and so we watched it with my grandmother about like six and like she used to really love macho man like really love him like every time he promoted and even if it didn't make any <laughs> sense she was like on it like oh you gotta watch this with me and so i saw shawn michaels for the first time and i was like oh okay i like this guy like he's so like over the top and my six-year-old heart was like you know what that's it and so it was obsessive uh, Lee, where I had to kind of make sure I watched if Shawn Michaels was on, and then the Hardys, like about junior high school, and Jeff Hardy like flipped off a ladder for the first time, and that was it. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, <laughs> I have to. It was like, um, I have to watch every match he's on. I need to be in every magazine. Like I would cry. Like mom, it's a life and death situation. I need to watch this pay per view. It was I was so dramatic uh, as a teen. <laughs> uh, and then kind of just um, I took a little break about 2011, 2012, and then kind of started watching it back uh, a lot again where it was. And then as far as me working uh, in pro wrestling, it was during the quarantine. Um, so I'm kind of recent in all of this. Um, I was just. Um, I, I'm a writer normally, and so I couldn't really write my happy stuff that I normally write. And so I was like, you know, I got wrestling, and let's interview people. We're all stuck at home. Um, and then it wound up kind of spawning into me working in person with, like, promotions. Like, can you just do this? And I'm like, but why? I don't like being on camera. And, so, <laughs> um, and while it seems odd to say that when I'm not doing all these things, it's like I really don't like being on camera. And so to do that, just to be able to now ring announcer, sometimes do color commentary or um just do interviews with people or work at women's wrestling talk has been super fantastic. So pretty new on this though. That sounds awesome. Uh, um, so Shay, if I could put the same question to your good self, um, how did you get into wrestling? Uh, yes. So my uncle was a huge fan. He used to watch it all the time. Of course, he was more, he watched WCW. I had to find WWF at the time on my own, my own personal time. Um, but it was just something special. Like I was looked up to him and just 
watching it I was a big fan of Sting like yeah it's my guy um and I don't know I just love wrestling like I can't explain it but it's kind of like it locked on like immediately it was just for me and it's kind of like my go-to when I need something to like relax or just like turn off everything I'm like well let me put on a match real quick and then I'll <laughs> in my mind but yeah that's how I got into it <laughs> awesome love uh, so lastly, Steve, if I could ask um, yourself the same question, how, what, how did you get into wrestling? What made you a fan? Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to take the the sort of English route here because it was a happy accident. But um, for those that are away from the UK, uh, it's WWE was on Sky. And obviously, mm. usually a lot of their stuff was on Sky Sports. On this particular day, they were showing WrestleMania 8 on Sky Movies. Uh, as the family, we were sitting down. I was like six years old and uh, we had the movie that was coming on. And Mr. Perfect came on and said, oh, after this, you're going to want to watch WrestleMania 8. And I just remember just turning to my parents at the time and saying, can we watch that? You know, I just I fancy watching. They sort of explained to me wrestling as well, the idea of like, well, predetermined, all the stuff like that. They, they'd seen stuff like Big Daddy and stuff in like, I don't know, 70s, 80s or whatever. And um, yeah, pretty much from there onwards, I kind of knew from the start, like, right, okay, the, what they were doing was not real, but I kind of got into the idea of the storytelling very early on. So from that idea for me, I was like, well, they're not, how are they not hurting them? themselves by what they're doing uh where is the story leading to so literally i was just gripped from it hooked from the very very start and same as cat really in the way Shawn michaels was the first match i ever watched now maybe for different reasons i'm not sure cat that i that i was into Shawn michaels <laughs> but definitely the greatest for me in-ring performer of, of that generation and any generation in my opinion so uh yeah i had a great start with with hbk tito santana um the vhs tape cut off though on the long play uh very early days so i i got as far as like the middle of a tag team match i never got to see hogan and sid until i got the vhs thankfully i'd gone too far in then that i couldn't say that was a bad finish and i'm not watching this again uh so yeah that's that's pretty much where it started for me i've, I've been there ever since uh through every era through the good through the bad and uh, yeah i don't know it's just something as, as shay said it, it gets you for all the good times, the bad times, and even sometimes you need it, a match is just there, and it, ju it just brings you back. So, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. I love I love all the varied stories. Of, it just goes to show tr pro wrestling transcends everything, doesn't it? it? Does, it, it really so does. many different ways to get into it. Um, and now we're going to do the complete opposite and say what we hate about wrestling, <laughs> which is great. Um, so let's kick things off with our very own Anthony. Anthony, tell us about your biggest pet peeve that needs to get the F out. Okay, so obviously I've been here before, so I think I addressed probably my biggest pet peeve last time. So I'm going to go with a, a relatively new pet peeve for me, um, certainly possibly since the pandemic, maybe slightly before, and that is um, WWE's use of 3D animation. Um, now, I, I don't know why, because, you know, it's wrestling, you should suspend disbelief somewhat, and, you know, we can have a bit of fun with it, it can be a bit goofy, but... Uh, there's something about the 3D animation just felt a little bit too hokey for me. Mm. And I think, you know, there's certain, you have like Roman Reigns coming out to his entrance, you know, you have the 3D Roman, like, you know, <laughs> I can live with that. But um, it was when we were getting to the point that uh, you'd have the likes of uh, Riddle, mm. Matt Riddle. Are we still, are we doing first names again? I think he's Matt, I think back to Matt. Uh, Matt, Matt, Matt Riddle. Matt. He'd come out and as he kicked his flip-flops off, uh, is that, <laughs> that might be a very UK way of putting it. Sliders? Are they, I, I, yeah, are they flip-flops in America? Is that a very British thing? I don't know. Um, but yeah, as he kicked them off, then um, 
they do like the the animation of the birds mm. and and the noise and I, it just I don't know it just felt a little bit too cheesy for me so that, that's uh, that's what I'm bringing to the table as uh, my wrestling pet peeve. Yeah, I mean even though to be fair the Roman Reigns thing as well like it's not great like you think of like the multi billion dollar company the WWE is and it like I could probably make that. <laughs> it's like yeah. you you would expect a little bit better from it, but even from a noise standpoint as well, it's probably nothing worse than the Braun Strowman choo choo train. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, that that's what the situation. Um, <laughs> happened what are your guys thoughts on uh obviously animations and sounds in the modern era uh i i i kind of agree because like i remember when i first saw the roman reigns one i was really confused and i was <laughs> like wait what <laughs> kind of threw me off and i love mesa roman but um i was a little confused as far as why was they using that as the way to kind of show he was coming out i felt like there's other things you can do with that time i guess if you're going to show something i don't know i would prefer the time i feel like when i was a kid the titan was so amazing i mean it wasn't really great great because it was like repetitive clips but it was also better sometimes than some of the 3d so it's like i guess i mean sometimes it works and sometimes it's just like i guess like i think randy orton's <laughs> I think the snake thing is pretty okay. It's not too bad. But then, like you said, Matt Riddle, and I I really don't. I don't like Matt Riddle's thingy either. And I'm just like, yeah, we don't need that. It's cool. I also hate the um, you know, like the the raw bot and the SmackDown bot that they've got now in the the start of the show. It's Mm. like, why is there a robot floating around? It doesn't. Um. So okay. So that's Anthony's uh, cat. Can we pass over to you? What's your uh, biggest wrestling pet peeve that needs to get the f out? I feel like I have a bunch, but I feel like mostly because I've been seeing it while we do like the recap shows. Um, it's like fans and like not letting a story play out. It's like something happened in like one week and then already they're like, okay, why didn't this happen yet? Or like they kind of cheered for a champion. And then, like, a week later, they're like, you know what, boo. And I'm like, but how, wait, what a minute. Last week, you guys was just on this person's side. And it's always so weird to me that they never let um the rest of the story just let it play out sometimes like yeah some i'm thinking like how many times we saw austin and vince how many times we saw trip h and rock and i feel like we was able to appreciate those things even if it's like a year later because it was building upon whatever they told the last time and so i feel like now and i don't think social media help it because it's kind of weird when you're like they're supposed to hate each other but then they're like having brunch and it's like <laughs> oh okay well <laughs> you, you clearly don't really hate each other because you guys are like at children's birthday parties and you're at weddings you're at brunch you're drinking whatever and so it's like I guess that doesn't really help it. It's like allow the story to play out first, like before it's automatically like boo or it's like fans are complaining because I'm I'm starting to notice that a lot more now. It seems like fans are never letting the story breathe a little bit before they're automatically like, yeah, no, we're good. We got somebody totally different. We don't need this champion. We don't need this story. And it's like, fans, get it together. Like (laughs) Danny Bryan said, fickle, fickle. (laughs) (laughs) it's so true isn't it i think like even like um you know back in like the attitude era and stuff like that like the internet wasn't as readily available back then was it as such and it was like you could just enjoy the ride you could just you know be so exciting every week to see what was going to happen and now it's like well i found out about this three weeks ago and it hasn't come it hasn't actually come off what's going on triple h vince you need to get it's like it's just the two involved yeah and i I don't know about your individual experiences but for not to single out a particular social media but I find Twitter is just the absolute worst for for that sort of like negativity as well. Yeah, and tribalism. Yes, yes, so massive much. tribalism. It's like why can't you just enjoy wrestling? Why has it got to be like <laughs> yeah. one or the other? It's like we lived through that. That wasn't very good. Competition's good. Competition good. is good. Yeah, but um, no, that is a that is an awesome one to be fair. Um, so next on the list, I think it comes over to me. Um, so 
my entry for something that needs to get the F out is the spear through the barricade spot. So the first memory I've got of this was back in 2003. And I think it was Goldberg who hit the spear on like Rosie from three minute warning of like all people. Um, and I remember thinking, that's actually kind of cool. Like I enjoyed that. Um, the problem, however, I have isn't necessarily with the spot, but it's it's overuse of that spot. Like that barricade's been broken more times than Chelsea Green's wrist at this point, <laughs> right? It's constant, right? It's constant, right? And we know WWE like to create moments, yeah? Mm. Um, but the problem is they also like to take those moments and beat them to a pulp to the pack to the fact where you know you're doing it over and over again and you can't stand it anymore. Um, and the thing is, when you try and replicate something, it, it's never as good than the first time that yeah. you ever see it, right? And it's similar to like Brock and Big Show. Like we, we speak about this sometimes. Like when Brock and Big Show did the suplex off the turnbuckle and the ring broke, bear in mind it can hold 20 to 30 people in a battle royal, but we'll, yeah. we'll overlook that, right? When these two guys do a suplex on it and it breaks, you're like, wow, this is amazing. But the thing that they did is it's only happened once or twice since. Where the difference is with the whole barricade spot, it seems like it's a constant. Like at this point, it's practically Roman Reigns' signature move, right? Just on the every pay per view, really. Yeah, at least every pay per view, right? Um, but I, I don't know. It's like the, the thing as well. Like it's a barricade spot. It's a barricade. It's literally meant to be heavy. <laughs> where keeping the mass of fans out of the arena and away from the ring. Um, it's got more structural it, integrity. It is. Except for that one little bit. Keep <laughs> yeah. over. But like, no, like you know, a, a, a house of cards has got more structural integrity <laughs> at this point. It's like punching a wet paper towel, right? It just, someone's going to sneeze at ringside at one point and that thing's going to fall over, right? It's it's insane. It's <laughs> it's the most gimmick thing um, and it's just so hokey at this point. But I don't know. I feel like as well, like everyone's done it at this point. So it's not even just like, like when it first happened, it was Goldberg. And I think Roman's done it a lot and stuff, but... Like it makes sense when it's two three hundred pound guys who are just throwing each other through. Like, okay, yeah, I can yeah. kind of see it. Everyone's done it. Literally, everyone on the rosters had a, a spear through the barricade moment, and it's like, at what point does that just become a little bit silly? You know, um, but I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm a little bit, yeah. I hate this, by the You're way. Can you tell? Passion, I'm passion. Um, but like, it's always a spear. Why is it always a spear? There's so many moves. Why is it never like, why didn't Kevin Owens do like a cannonball through it? Why doesn't someone do a yeah, belly to belly German suplex? Yeah. You could do anything through it and it's always a spear every time. There's just no innovation that kind of <laughs> comes with it. Um, but again, something which irks me, which again relates to this, is it bothers me so much when you can see somebody doing a move from a mile off. Like Shawn Michaels, he's tuning up the band for the Sweet Chin music. You know, Drew McIntyre doing the Claymore countdown. Basically yeah. going, hey, I'm about to hit you with a move, and it's like maybe don't point that out, right? Sometimes it works though. Like the the two two examples you give there are quite interesting because I think it actually works for Sean, mm. but I I hate it for Drew. Yeah. I, hate, I hate the Claymore countdown, <laughs> but I think switching music actually I think it works that build up. It's similar to to Randy like, right. and the Viper move, isn't it? It's like when when he starts hitting the mat and he and he's doing the the sort of coil Viper thing, you go. Okay, it's it's signpost on the move, but it, it works. So yeah, I think it it depends on the the star. Yeah, I maybe think, it's right? a bit marmite. Some people obviously enjoy it, but for me, I, I don't know. I hate telegraph things, and I think for a move like this, like the literally majority of the time, they take a full on run up from the other side of the bloody arena, practically the <laughs> other side of the ringside. And it's like, why why is no one just like sidestepped out the way? <laughs> like even that would be innovative. You know, it's just everyone just sits there and takes a spear through the thing, and it's like, okay. Um, that's happened, but I don't know. I just think for me anyway, it's become just unbearable at this point. And I think to your point, it's like, it's practically every premium live event at this point. Like it, it, 
I mean, it's not even that. Like, even if it was on a PLE, it'd be like fair play. It's a big moment, but it's like it's every Raw, it's every SmackDown, probably on main events. It's probably happening on the bump, right? That's how often it's used at this point. Like, it's everywhere, right? And I don't know. I just think for me, WWE, if you're listening, because I'm sure you are, I implore you, you know, find a new prop to destroy, right? <laughs> Give the barricades a break and stop breaking them. Um, and just come up with something more innovative and creative than just, well, that's going to throw someone through the same spot, by the way. It's not, it's not like it's a difference. It's, it's always that corner. Always that, that corner, corner, which I know makes sense because, you know, fans. Oh, yeah, it's one. But still, um, yeah, <laughs> try something new, I think, is mine. Um, nice. So, yeah. Um, so, who's after me? We're going <laughs> to... I'm just... just going to have yeah. some calm down time. Uh, calm down, and I'll pass over to Shay to tell us about her um, <laughs> biggest pet peeve in wrestling. Okay, so my biggest pet peeve, and it's something that's been kind of festering and, and coming up more because I do cover NXT, and I feel like NXT is the biggest offender of this, but the overuse of talent for squash matches or any type of match where you have a wrestler coming in and they're debuting and they want to, you know, oh, let, let them look good. You don't have to keep using the same person because honestly, it leaves this like lingering thought process of like, oh, oh he's probably going to get jobbed again. I have to give my credit to someone, uh, Brian Myers. He took that and turned it around and made it into a gimmick, basically, of losing so much. But it shouldn't be a thing. There's so much talent. You can spread the losses around. Don't leave it on one person because it sticks with them even though they think oh you know when it's their time we'll build them up and make it look right and sometimes that still doesn't even leave and you are still left with uh you know this thought of oh he's probably gonna get jobbed or oh i don't expect him to win you know mustafa ali he still deals with this even though now they're working you know on getting him some wins it wasn't always like that and people will be like oh there he goes he's about to lose again in a different gimmick uh and there's now in NXT, there's Guru Raj, there's Dante Chen. Um, they're trying to make it happen with Miles Bourne, and that is killing me. But I absolutely <laughs> hate it. Just spread it around. You have so much talent. Don't have one guy taking five losses every time he's on TV, and then you want me to believe that this is, you know, the guy when you finally have a, you know, decent storyline for them. That's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what though? It's such a valid point, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, as you say, there's so much depth and breadth in the roster, and it's it's always the same four guys that always go like even like um until recently, like Ricochet. Like every time you saw Ricochet, you'd just be like, right, he's yeah. losing today then. It's like it's always the same, and it's so hard to recover from, isn't it? Yeah. Then no, I think uh, that like you say, the point you've made about, about losses is um and I'm by no means saying he's being jobbed out at this point, but uh that is a worry I've always had for for LA Knight. People love LA Knight at the moment, but on the main roster, he's not really won significantly. Like he's lost to Bray, he's probably going to lose again to uh, who's he against this time? Ah, oh, that's totally. Who even know. knows at this point? But um, <laughs> he, they don't seem to be giving him any. Although people really want him to be pushed, they don't really seem to be giving him a push. So it's it it. I suppose it it echoes that where you go. Well, too many losses is not going to help that that wrestler going forward if they're trying to build them up. So uh, yeah, I I totally agree with that. Yeah, who else sticks out for you guys as like the 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 biggest kind of people to like you know i guess be jobbed out constantly uh i mean one that i mean when you say about people that you were into and then perhaps lost faith in 
Uh, I was a big Dolph Ziggler fan for a long time, and I was to the point when he was becoming World Heavyweight Champion after WrestleMania 29. I remember popping massively for that. And But then not long after that, he lost the title. He got injured. And just every time he seemed to get a break, it felt, then they would just make him job out. And you get to a point where you can lose so many matches, you think to yourself, okay, right, well, you start not believing this guy to be a top guy anymore. And all of a sudden, it's happened so much now over the last, what, four or five years He's a curtain joker now. Of course, he can still go and have one of the best matches on the night or on the show because he's he's very good in ring. But at the same time, you see that person come out and you think, mm, like you said, that that believability. Do you think they're going to win? No, you you know they're going to put the other person over, um, and it can affect people. Like I'm trying to think of people when they leave the company. But uh, Brian Myers was a fantastic example. He's done fantastic work in Impact Wrestling since leaving and turned that around. Had world title opportunities, but there are people that that leave the company. You see them go to another company. You think, well. This guy can't be pushed as your world champion because he was seen as a jobber in WWE. If that guy in WWE becomes your world champion and doesn't do it without a story, uh, all of a sudden your company feels a bit lower because that guy couldn't buy in in the big company. It makes you seem more little league. So it's kind of, it goes hand in hand and it can affect a performer, not just in WWE, but once and if they end up leaving the company as well. So um, yeah, some good points have been made all around really. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, so over to you then, Steve, for the uh, the final. Uh, what's your what's your biggest pet peeve that needs to get the f out? Oh, see, I had, I had three in my mind, and I, I had to ditch two of them. The use of the word coward, I was was a close one, but then I didn't have much to <laughs> to, to go on that with. Just I come on, use a better one. John Moxie bleeding was one. There's another one that was close, but I've I've let that go aside this time. For me, it's it's currently. The idea of the script being rewritten before the show. Now, usually we don't mm. really see this when we actually watch in real life. It is one of those things where, you know, if you watch your wrestling news update, your inside source on Twitter or wherever, the next day it says, oh, the script was changed. And sometimes you can see it because wrestlers, it just needs to, you know, they need time to practice scripts. You need time to, to know where your show is going, your direction. Storylines is important. I mentioned earlier in the video, I'm a big storyline guy. I like the idea where you've got something that plays out long-term, something with a start, a middle, and an end. And like Katrina said at the start, that I've got the patience to see that story play out. I want to see it happen. But if you've got someone like, his name is going to come eventually, Vince McMahon backstage looks at that script and says, no, I'm changing half of this around. Sometimes in 2019 was rumoured to be during the show. It'd been an hour and a half in by the time <laughs> that script was finished for the rest of the show. We were getting some of the worst draws around that period because of it. And it does seem to linger around more around Raw than any other show. But that just, it, it's it's one of the things that just, it upsets me to the core. Because as a storyline guy, I want to see this this exciting TV, a well-thought-out long-term plans for, you know, superstars to get big pushes, to see them to get to the next level. You see with, with, with panic booking, last-minute booking, uh, some people argue what's going on with this new world heavyweight title coming in. Is it because of the fact they've booked themselves into a corner where Roman just can't be beat and he's not around enough? We need a title there somewhere. I think there's a bit more planning on which you've had to make a championship. But in different cases and scenarios, this, this short-term booking doesn't lead to a long-term benefit. And I think that's a real upsetting thing in WWE. And when you look at the, the rumours that come out with the talent as well, with scripts being changed all the time, there's rumours of morale being down upsetness and stuff like that because they're going out and not being able to do their thing on tv i think seth Rollins is a key example if that's true by the way if it's true that seth went to the ring i think it was the raw after wrestlemania he was yeah, in ring yeah. there was adverts and then it came back in his segment and been cut so we literally <laughs> so we we just got, left <laughs> yeah pretty much i mean don't get me wrong, i'll sing along with the song along with the next person i love that song that theme is a banger but at the same time like you sit there and think at the end of it well 
what what was that leading to? We we could have perhaps seen maybe the build to start with Seth versus Omos. Who knows? We found out a couple of weeks on SmackDown we were just getting that match around to be on Backlash, but it is what it is. But yeah, that, that's one of my big pet peeves because I like the idea of when, like I said, long-term storytelling can lead to cliffhangers, can lead to excitement, hook and drive to the next shows. When you do stuff like that, you're booking things. It just makes the shows very, very messy, in my opinion. Yeah. Do you, do you think that that is actually... So obviously there's probably no debate that the Raw after WrestleMania had Vince fingerprints all over it do you think that's still the case now like i know it was reported on monday wasn't it that vince had like emailed in some rewrites and stuff remotely it's like do you think that was the case or do you think people are kind of reading into it a bit bit too much now it's hard to say really i mean obviously we're i'm not there so i can't really make a a judgment one side or the other but going from what i feel of watching the product um say before wrestlemania i felt to myself that that we were watching triple h shows especially around summer sam cash of the castle all the way past War Games. As we've gone past the Royal Rumble, starting to feel a slight change in storytelling. Certainly since WrestleMania, I feel like I'm watching a lot of rinse and repeat. I feel like I've seen this before. And that was my other pet peeve of a lot of this stuff was matches being cut, for example, and rematches being done all the time on the fly because they didn't have time to think of anything else. Let's do, was it the Street Profits, Angel and Garza and Andrade back in the day, 14 weeks in a row or something they did. Um, But when, when you look at it now, I mean, obviously we're building to the draft. That can be a reason of why we're a bit stale at this second, in my opinion. To be fair, yeah. But at the same time, I mean, we are building to backlash. We're building to a, a, you know, the first I think pay per view in Puerto Rico in about what was it? I think it was two thousand and five. The last time it's a big deal for for Puerto Rico. Very happy that they're they're getting this show. Obviously, Bad Bunny going to be hosting it, wrestling in it. Uh, it's going to be a really really good time for them down there. But obviously, you want stuff to to sink your teeth into. And um, I mean, even when it comes to you know, a big Sami Zayn fan here, like you know, Dave, that storyline feels like it's it's sort of watered down a lot. And is that because it's Vince's input? Is the draft going to have Vince's input? We don't know at this stage, but uh, a lot of people obviously are, are highlighting that more of the WrestleMania. Of course, that that's um, it's hit the panic button, and uh, um, no, maybe, maybe maybe I'm being slightly uh, urgent, showing some urgency, and maybe a bit fickle. Should let it play out, but uh, when it comes to Vince, I mean, there's a lot of things with Vince that perhaps we can be against these days. But uh, obviously, when it comes to watching uh, a weekly TV show on our TV sets. Um, obviously mucking around with what, what we're actually seeing when we could be getting quality. Instead, we're getting just messy stuff. It just, just doesn't work for me. Yeah. Speaking of the draft, I hope it doesn't go down that route of the uh, the Fox executives and the USA executives again, all in a, a war room somewhere going, <laughs> Natalia! <Like, laughs> I didn't mind that. I know they were like yeah. possibly exaggerating their enthusiasm a little bit, but I didn't mind the, the idea. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting to see if we get GMs back and stuff like that, isn't it? But mm. um. But yeah, thank you all for your biggest pet peeves. So just a reminder of what we had. So Anthony, you had 3D graphics, slash noises, and all the I'd, I'd, I'd be honest, I don't, mine doesn't feel as grand now. We've all talked about them, but oh, yeah. I, I'll stick with it. Yeah, <laughs> stick with that. We had uh, Katrina with uh, Fickle Fans and uh, how people currently react uh, to things. Me with the uh, Spear Through the Barricade spot. We had Shay with the same people jobbing out all the time. Um, and then obviously Steve with tearing up the script. So what we'll do, we'll be unbiased. We can't vote for our own, yep. but we'll go in the same orders. We need to cast our votes for what we think should get the F out. I'm going to head over to you to pick what you think should get the F out. Okay. Uh, I mean, I think they're all fantastic options and all definitely... Uh... I think I think we all share those pet peeves. To be fair, but uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Katrina's myself. I think um, uh, not letting stories play out and the way social media can be at the moment um, is yeah, it's it's a big one for me. So that's uh, what I'm gonna vote for. Okay, Katrina with one. Katrina, over to you. 
Oh yeah, this is kind of hard. <laughs> but um, to uh, like, I feel like you guys all make good points. But to Steve's uh, point in regards to just script changes, because I was really confused after the Raw after WrestleMania. That's supposed to be the big Raw, and I was like, what? Like, it just made no sense. And I feel like, whatever reason, I feel like if I was performing and I don't perform, but if I was, I would probably be a little annoyed if I'm trying to do something. I'm like, yeah, no, Katrina, we're gonna we're gonna change this up because I would probably, you know what, guys. Do you, we don't, you don't need me for like I just feel like I would, wouldn't deal well with that kind of scenario and so I'm gonna go with Steve on this okay so we got one vote Katrina one vote Steve so I'm next I'm gonna actually go with Shay I think um it's a really good really great point of like when somebody just loses constantly it is such a struggle to then try and build them back up and just eradicate those losses and try and make them feel legitimate yeah. again so um yeah for me I'm gonna go with Shay on that yeah. one um so over to you Shay Steve, like, I'm sorry, it was like such a good like argument, and it just it was like point after point. So I have to go with Steve. Like, yeah, it was so good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Steve takes the lead with two points. So it's over to you, Steve. You can't vote for yourself. So what are you gonna do? Are you gonna pick someone else so that you win, or are you gonna? Oh, yeah, you can vote tactically. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> as tactically as I as I'd like to be, uh, no, I'm I'm not gonna do that. To be fair, um, the the one I think everyone's done great ones so it's kind of difficult but I'm, I'm going to go with Katrina's one purely because of the fact that you look at the the current landscape with fans especially on social media um that it, it can be a very toxic place it's got to a point where I don't want to use some of these apps that much maybe I'll go to promote my content but that's about as far as I go sometimes when I put an opinion on there I think myself why did I bother uh, so I understand the, the 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 fickle fan base of what it can be like but also with a fan base where I think a lot of the society today is different to what we grew up with. Like we grew up with sometimes, you know, if you if you wanted to see a storyline play out, you had to sit and watch, say, The Undertaker of Mankind or Vince and Austin play it out for three or four years to get where you want to get to the end zone. These days, people used to watch in a TikTok video. They're, they're done in 60 seconds. That's what, that's what they want and that's what they need. And it's like, if you don't get instant results, sometimes even in the segment that people are getting bored and they're writing, I'm not, I'm not feeling this. And I think that it's just, a, a, it could be a generational thing in that way. So for that reason, I think uh, I'm going to give it to Cap. Okay, that makes it two to two. So that means two of the choices are going to get the F out. That's it, yeah. Which is better than the first episode we did where everyone where was... Everyone's... Yeah. Well, yours, no, yours. <laughs> and everything has to get the F out. So at least we've managed to be somewhat diplomatic on this one yeah. and choose two. So that's better. Better than we thought. Indeed. Um, but honestly, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Obviously, we had so much fun. Um, if you'd like to kind of tell us a little bit, um, obviously, about yourselves, how we can keep up to date with you guys, what you guys have got going on. So we start with, with you, Kat. Uh, you can pretty much just follow my social media um, and Kat We Trust and TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Eza3. You can always tell it to people. Um, I like a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> I love wrestling, but I also like many, many things like horror movies, I like anime. And so I have a bunch of different things happening on my channel. So whenever your cup of tea is, you can definitely just watch whatever uh, tickles your fancy and pretty much just hopefully get to do more stuff uh, in person. I'm trying to do more stuff and maybe make it to a WWE press room fingers crossed and so <laughs> that's pretty much uh what's going on on my end love it that's the goal that's the dream <laughs> um over to you uh shay tell us a little bit about how we can follow you 
Okay, so most of my platforms is just Shay Sawyer underscore. Um, you can find me there tweeting about something, mostly just the challenge. I'm a big reality TV person, so that's mostly what my tweets are. Um, and you can obviously catch me on Women's Wrestling Talk on Thursdays. Um, you can also catch me doing some streaming. I do stream video games, and it's on Twitch, uh, Shay Sawyer. That's it. I don't know how I was able to just get that. No one stole it, but just Shay Sawyer. Um, and I will have a new episode of the Big Pop Theory on this coming Monday. So just keep out for that on Spotify. Awesome. <laughs> we know you're a big fan of British reality TV shows as well. Have you watched the new one that's come out this week? It's like, are you scared of the dark or something like that? Where celebrities are trapped in a room in the dark? I haven't, not, but I saw the preview. I'm going to watch it. Yes. <laughs> um, and then obviously, Steve, tell us a little bit about how we can follow uh, SCW The Wrestling Channel. Thank you very much, as always. Uh, yes, on YouTube. Uh, so do content regularly on WWE, AEW, Impact Wrestling. Uh, pretty much if there's wrestling, I'll talk about it. I I'm happy to do so. I like doing uh, previews, predictions, reviews, live Q&As. Uh, I like to get guests on the show from time to time as well. So, uh, yeah, uh, that way you're not having to just listen to me half of the time. But, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, hopefully a fun place to be. Hopefully we'll come and check out a video, especially around WWE draft season at the moment as well, keeping very busy over there. Also on Twitter and Instagram, SCW, the wrestling channel. Uh, but for the underscore for Twitter, SCW underscore Steve is where you can find me as well. Awesome. Well, honestly, thank you so much again. We genuinely appreciate it. Fantastic guests and fantastic choices to get the F out. Indeed, indeed. Um, so yeah, thank you one and all for checking it out and we will see you on the next one.